The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. Monday morning, coming in hot. Not even 24 hours after AEW Revolution went off the air. Not even 12 hours after AEW Revolution (laughs) went off the air. It's Ryan Drosty. It's Kyle Ross. And just in the nick of time... We got him. Justin, Ooh, join boy. us here as well. Technical <laughs> issues this morning. Wow. How yeah, dramatic was that? Man. Oh, man. All right. We are ready to go. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on this morning. We had a weather delay here where I live. I uh, took the morning off work to do the show, as I know you fellas did as well. And uh, now my schedule got all messed up with when I got to take my kid to school. So I have a little less time than I normally would have had for this show this morning so we're going to try to do this in about an hour hopefully we can condense our thoughts from what was an excellent excellent pay-per-view show kyle how's it going this morning i freaking look like monday morning don't i hello (laughs) (laughs) by the way can't can't the kids walk to school yet or is that frowned she's upon? A, I mean, she's a little too young. Yeah, <laughs> kindergarten. So I was joking. Yeah, I think that <laughs> that, that that we got like three inches of snow. Yeah, night, wouldn't yeah. be great. Well, if you listen to the baby boomer generation, everybody walked to school in three inches of snow when they were in kindergarten. Oh, That's and it's true. You know what they used here in Iowa, Kyle? If you heard the uh, response to the State of the Union several years ago, bread uh-huh. bags. They walked to school with bread bags. Come the on, man. <laughs> the generation. <laughs> if you guys are joining us live. <laughs> Was that the first time I busted out my Tom Brokaw impression? Of Tom Brokaw? Oh <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> what would Tom Brokaw have thought of this show last night? Guys, if you're in the chat, let us know your thoughts on the show. We're going to do oh, our... That is not in my notes. <laughs> We're going to do our A through F grade as we always do for these shows. This one will probably be... Very one-sided, Justin Joint, A through F grade, 2022's AEW Revolution. Hey, I had a, I had a great time watching it. Um, it dragged in the middle, but I think that was only because the, the actual crowd that was there kind of died a little bit there for a while. Uh, so that kind of mm-hmm. killed the energy of the matches a little bit as a viewer. But uh, other than that, I, I, great matches, top to bottom, and it seemed like the the booking was a hundred percent correct. Kyle, your thoughts. I, I've got to go with an F. Uh, there, were Whoa! Many, <laughs> there, there were too many good matches. Uh, I care about too many of the superstars on the program. Uh, the booking made sense. No, uh, I would say an A minus. Okay. It was right up there with full gear. I, I think I would have given it, 
an A proper, but we were lacking a true match of the year contender, I think. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was, you know, Justin was at my place. We watched it together last night. We were talking a lot about the crowd and how in the middle, the crowd definitely died a little bit. My first thought was don't have these shows in Florida. They've had so many shows, wrestling shows in Florida. I know there's the travel and audience and stuff, but there's a lot of locals there too in a, in a building that big. And uh, I mean, they've seen a lot of wrestling throughout the pandemic. And honestly, I didn't really even consider traveling to the show because I had no interest in going to Orlando. So it was not, I didn't think it was the greatest location for this event, but at times they were hot. Like when the show started, it was really hot. And, and at the end they were, but it, it did kind of drag in the middle. There's going to be, uh, at least with the crowd, I don't know if the show did, there's going to be people talking about, you know, the length of the show and everything. And that is a discussion to be had. You know, they are only doing these pay-per-views though, every, every three months. So they try to pack in as much as you can. I always feel like I got my money's worth. The, the length is usually not an issue for me. Uh, I'm, I'll give it an A. It was a pretty fantastic event. And that's pretty much in line with what we saw from our Twitter poll, as you're seeing on the screen right now, uh, pretty much a direct inverse of what we've seen for the last two WWE premium live events. Uh, flip the other way around. We got 70% out of 167 votes with an A, 21.6% with a B. So well over 90% were A or B. Anyone below that is just trolling, especially the D or F range at this point, I think. So, uh, yeah fantastic show did you guys watch the pre-show at all i, I assume justin didn't because you were coming over kyle you're, did you have any thoughts on what we saw in the kickoff for the the buy-in i should say hook sold more than he ever had against qt marshall but i think it was just kind of a logical progression of where his character's going i mean he can't just do 30 second matches where he sells nothing forever and yeah. qt did a good job stooging in his role um in terms of the length of the show and the crowd response, there was the trios match with the House of Black. They did a lot for a tree up pre-show match in that. And like a lot of near falls. And when you're talking about bur potential burnout at the end of the pay-per-view, I mean the crowd had seen a lot going back more than four hours at that point. So mm -hmm. You know, I mean, everybody, you know, wants to do everything in these matches, and you can't fault them for that. But, you know, when you have pre-show matches going as hard as those guys did in the six-man, uh, which the people were way more over than your usual pre-show match, uh, that's kind of where burnout comes in. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought the same thing on the hook match. Uh, my kids, we were we had it on, we were eating dinner, and my wife they had never seen hook before i'm like oh yeah this guy's awesome they were kind of surprised how much he sold <laughs> throughout the middle a little bit there i mean it was only a five minute match but we've definitely seen him you know be more dominant than he was last night so it'll be interesting uh, you know where they where they go i mean they've got to keep him slow because you can't put him in like really serious high profile matches yet yeah, that's it'll be interesting to see if he's actually on uh the double or nothing proper card Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the time that rolls around. So Layla Hirsch beat Statlander and uh, Layla, Layla Hirsch wore a Russian flag on her gear. Now she is from Russia. She's from Moscow, but maybe a little surprising. There was some conversation going on in our Facebook group that that was, you know, out there given what's going on in the world right now. But, you know, it's her home country. But uh, I guess they could have told her to wear something else. But Maybe she didn't have any other gear is what it's I was true. thinking. You know, I it mean, it's time. not. 
sometimes, you know, you don't have that spare set of gear laying around just in case there's an evasion. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, and that match was weird because there was no hard cam. I don't know if they were shooting it bizarrely yeah. because I heard there was issues getting into the building, as there always seems to be. I think, mean, mm-hmm. folks, we need to open up more gates at these arenas. But on the hard cam side, you know, that whole row during the pre-show, nobody, like, there's a whole row of people that had made their seats and it looked weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did notice that, too, now that you say that. I was wondering, are they shooting this show differently tonight? But, yeah, it was all, like, from ringside, lower angles, and, yeah, a lot different. So, um, yeah, I guess we should go right into the main show proper then. So, let me get these notes up. If my mouse would work. Okay. Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho. Uh, I was pretty amped for this match. I mean, this was honestly, if I was to look at the card, one of my top four most anticipated matches. You know, definitely wanted to see Eddie get the victory here. Uh, I mean, they did some really close near falls where you thought Jericho was going over. You know, he hit the Judas effect fairly early. What did you guys think of this match? Let me throw it to Kyle first. I'll tell you what, we know Eddie is a fan of Masao and Kabashi, and in his homage to them, he just opened this by just straight dropping Jericho on his dome, man. That was <laughs> a history lesson from you in the group, Kyle. On this. Yeah, I, I think that was like intentional, though. I, you think kudos? so? Yeah, I think Jericho... Uh, not sure what's gotten into him. I would love to know the story behind his body transformation mm-hmm. in the last couple. Of, that is a radical body transformation. Yeah. Uh, what is he doing? I don't think he's, you know, just cut out donuts or something like that or, or, or cut <laughs> out vodka. It could be Oikopro. Pro. But, <laughs> you know, I've only seen that Jericho Omega match once from Wrestle Kingdom. Other than that, I can't think of a better Jericho match than this in the last decade. Yeah, it, mm, it was yeah. incredible. Uh, th- this was his best AEW match. Yeah, crazy chops back and forth. Uh, Jericho working the eye of Kingston. Yeah, the the callbacks to Japan, like you said, Kyle. This was this was a really good match. I mean, uh, the right guy went over. I don't think anyone really expected Jericho to win. They got a Fozzie tour coming up here in a month or so. He's going to be on the road a lot. He might still appear in AEW. I don't know that for a fact, but he is going to be on the road a lot. So it made made all the sense in the world the way that this has been built up. Justin, you got anything? Yeah, I, I think part of the reason why we loved it so much is it didn't really feel like a Chris Jericho match. It felt like a Eddie Kingston, you know, all Japan match. Um, they really went after each other. You know, talking about those near falls, you got to love uh, Kingston kicking out of the code breaker. Uh, but his eyes were closed and that's what made me buy it. He wasn't looking for the count and, uh, you know, and speaking of tributes went in with that stretch plum submission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and no Santana and Ortiz here, mm-hmm. Jericho put Kingston over clean as a sheet, uh, his second clean job recently. Cause he did the, he took the pin in that tag match against Santana and Ortiz. So Jericho showing he's willing to do business of late and then he refused to shake hands afterwards so i don't know if that's the signal of a heel turn when he you know as he continues on tv or what my impression was it's going to be hard to make chris jericho a heel because the song he was a heel here because people love eddie kingston but he's not going to be wrestling eddie kingston every night Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we were we were talking about what what uh, Justin mentioned the the whole pinfall situation. I hate when guys stare down the ref and you, you can just see the kick out coming. So I agreed with Justin. That was great how his eyes were closed and he just listens for the cadence and kicks out. That's what I that's what I like out of my professional wrestling. And I also <laughs> like I also like this triple threat threat tag well, team match. I, I, I want to say I tag titles. One last thing that just yeah. I loved how Eddie responded to getting the win. Mm-hmm. Like yes. he, he sold it great. Like, oh my God, I won. I freaking won the big one. And by the way, won the big one. Have we heard that before? Chris Jericho, New, No Mercy 2001. A nice callback there with Jericho beat there The Rock. Go. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so the triple threat, we, by the way, going into this, you know, Justin and I, we did the preview show for Revolution a few days back. And we were looking at the card, and it, it didn't seem like a, a title change was too likely. There was one match that we thought it might happen in, and the one that I picked and was incorrect on, which we'll get to. But this one, I mean, I didn't think Jurassic Express would lose the titles. You know, it seemed way too early to do that. It feels like Red Dragon and, and the Bucks would have a built-in program without the, the need for a title. And so, you know, before we get to the match itself, and, and obviously Jurassic Express went over... We talked on the previous show, Kyle, you weren't on that one, but about possible teams to dethrone Jurassic Express, and I threw out the acclaimed. What do you think about that? Kyle? Yes, it would either be them or Santana Ortiz. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you that the Bucks and Red Dragon, Elite, Implosion, Omega, Cole, Callus, whoever, they can go off kind of in their own separate universe and feud. That doesn't need the tag team titles. Yeah. Especially when you've got as many tag teams. My God, I think, you know, another tag team just came out in that Casino Battle Royal, you know, five minutes ago. What was there, like 17 teams in this promotion? Yeah. For Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no thinness to that roster. That's for sure. Uh, so, I mean, this match overall, just it was filled with so much dynamic, fresh offense. Like, you always think, how can you see stuff that you haven't seen before in these matches? And they came up with all kinds of unique spots or, or just moves that they don't do very often. Um, there was that stretch in the middle where Jungle Boy hit the shooting star press on O'Reilly in out of the corner. Uh, we had like some great flips to the outside. Uh, yeah, of course you get the BTE trigger towards the end. Justin, what stood out to you here? The structure of the match. Uh, Jurassic Express's title run has been a little lackluster, uh, and so this match was kind of based all around. Uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus like they were one of those two were almost in you know the match the entire time Uh, so I thought that was really important Jungle Boy was absolutely the star of the match and the ending was uh, chaotic and messy but in a in a fun way that made sense for with how the rest of the match had gone Mm -hmm. Kyle yeah to your guys points I think AEW took a look it's like okay we want to feature Jurassic Express we like Jungle Boy having a title. We're obviously not ready to have him, you know, go on his own and do a singles run and Christian turn heel on him and do that. I mean, my God, we might be 80 by the time that happens at this point. But uh, so so they were like, let's put them over and make them look good. And at the end of the match, they felt like deserved winners. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, what a great spot fest. Eh, but like that team won, whatever. Like it was, it felt like the right team won, which is so important in these things. Uh, I think the only negative is there were so many near falls 
for a match this early on the show. True. Like and, we were and, biting and, on like almost all of them towards the end. Yeah, <laughs> and like people crazy. had trouble following it, you know, when they weren't doing as many near falls. Yeah, when they were just trying to, you know, you know, particularly the two really bloody violent matches that were worked in a different style. But yeah, I agree with Justin. Jungle Boy was the complete star here. He looked absolutely phenomenal. Red Dragon mm-hmm. might not be that over with this audience yet, which is I odd. that during their entrance. Like even during the entrance, you know, when yeah. Kyle's doing the guitar thing and stuff, it was kind of quiet. Just wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. But a little awkwardness to that. I agree. They're not completely over yet. They're not certainly not as over as the champs here. The right decision to keep the titles on Jurassic Express. So yeah, it's a wild match, man. This is yeah. uh this is one to watch for sure. Yeah, if you if you I, miss the show, I you know, and I guess this is a theme. I'll, I'll just mention it here while it's fresh in my mind, so I don't forget. There are people who are going to have problems with the lack of psychology in this match. But it's kind of what you expected. Like, it's sort of like at this point, you just have to understand. I guess you're either going to just hate it and you have to accept it or, mm-hmm. you know, it's but it's giving the audience what they want. This is the, the match they did is what the audience in the building and probably most people watching wanted out of this match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at the reactions throughout. Yeah. Yeah, they followed this up with the ladder match. So, boy, this would be a hard card to structure and to lay out, you know, mm-hmm. match to match. This, these were two back to back that could really burn out the audience for sure. And, <laughs> and they might have. We saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Tony talked about in his uh, pre-show press conference that he was struggling laying the card, the match order up for this card. Yep. So we've got the ladder match here for the shot at the AWTNT Championship. So you got Wardlow, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Christian. And this is the first time Keith Lee has been in a ladder match. And so that has some uniqueness to it. You're wondering if Lee, the new face, is going to win or not. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. Uh, but, I mean, it was another fun match. <laughs> what did you think of uh, in the build-up dimensioning that uh, Christian was the one who made the ladder match famous. Kyle, you're a big Christian fan. Why not say it? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I don't know. It was, it was a fun match. I don't like, there's a couple things that stood out to me that I jotted down on my notes. And this is where I was finally able to take some more complete notes because my house was a madhouse while my children were were still up as Justin saw Uh, here. I finally got my laptop in front of me. And the first thing I wrote down here is I don't like the spinning elevator spot. Who's that, Orge Cassie that did that? Yeah. yeah, you know, like when they do that in the middle of the ring and they just put the, the ladder on their shoulders and they just start spinning around and guys just like walk into it. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> it doesn't even make yeah, sense. And, like, and you know, this one in particular was really poorly executed. Yes. It just looked, was like, guys, it looked like guys were like, okay, this is the spot where I walk face first into a ladder. And it didn't look realistic at all. It looked so phony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, me, me and Ryan were both commenting how we really disliked that spot. But then it was immediately followed up with Wardlow and Keith Lee holding up the ladder and Cassidy flips up on top of it and almost grabs the brass ring, which I liked that spot. That was cool. It kind of saved yes. it a little bit. Yes. Um, there was a cool spot Ricky Starks did where he hit a spear like out of the corner through the ladder onto Christian. That one really stood out to me. Uh, Orange Cassidy. My God, this guy about killed himself. He was thrown to the outside, overshot all the guys that were supposed to catch him, basically did a back bump from the ring to the outside, landing on the stage. 
very scary moment there. Somebody in the chat said there's rumors breaking right now that he injured his shoulder in the match oh, legit. Would not be surprised. Yeah, Alan's throwing that out. Thank you for that. Yeah, it, it looked brutal. And there was some, you know, all in the early couple matches, I know people were talking about this in the Facebook group too, that there was, there was some noticeable botches for sure. Now, one of them might have been intentional, as you said, in the opener with the suplex. Uh, but this, yeah, that looked pretty brutal. They fight up to the stage. And Justin and I were kind of noting throughout the show that the lighting was kind of poor. Uh, and you could barely see when they had Wardlow throw Keith Lee and, and Hobbs through the table. So they fight over t- on the stage to the announced position. And Wardlow comes up behind those guys and he throws them off through a table below, which takes them out of the match. And you couldn't really see that they went through a table because it was so dark over there. Plus, he got like, you know, the the black cover on it and everything. They showed it from numerous angles after the fact. And then you could kind of tell. Uh, but the lighting there wasn't the greatest. Um, in the end, you've got Dan Housen coming out who applies his curse on Wardlow who bails to the outside. Uh, uh Starks isn't able to get the brass ring. I don't know if come. I like that gimmick. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought of you instantly when he did that because it was the whole magic thing. It made me think of WWE a little bit too much. Who was that magic guy? Oh, my God. Chad Repack, he's going to be listening to the show and cursing me. He's going to message me, say, I thought you knew it all. Oh, who was that magic guy in the mid-90s? He only worked like twice on Super. Was it like Phantasmo or something like that? Yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah, 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 that sounds right. Yep. Yep. And so then that that happens. We're getting towards the finish. And uh, you got Wardlow and Ricky Starks fighting to the top of the ladder and Starks takes this crazy power bomb from Wardlow onto a ladder Ugh. which leads to Wardlow winning. It looked absolutely brutal. I see people which, in the chat talking about that. Two things, uh Starks must be feeling pretty good about his neck, but also as brutal as it looked, you can definitely uh tell that Wardlow was taking care of him in that spot too. Yeah, so that that's kind of the big moments of the match that got us to Wardlow with the victory. Any any thoughts there, Kyle? It was Fantasio, by the way. Fantasio, mm. yes. Yes, Fantasio, a very shitty mid-90s WF gimmick. <laughs> uh, Starks did tweet out that he was okay right away, but I think he also did the same when his neck got legit screwed up after that Eggman Page match, so I don't know if that's worth the price of eggs. Uh, it was either Wardlow or Keith Lee that was going to win here. Uh, yeah. One thing that I don't like about this is, okay, it's a six-way for a shot at the TNT title, but somebody else is already getting a shot before the winner. <laughs> and I know they like did a storyline to do that. Uh, I Do we think Wardlow's winning the TNT title? I don't. I see MJF slash Spears costing him. Yeah. MJF probably. Yeah. yeah, that that makes sense to kickstart that feud, but yeah, and then, it also it, I could also see him winning the title and that driving MJF even more mad. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, we'll get to what happened later on the show with MJF and and Wardlow, but I, I just the way it all played out tonight, I don't think he's going to have the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think I speak for the group. Perhaps, correct me if I'm wrong. Six-way ladder matches, they're kind of wearing a little thin. We're at 14.59 of their 15 minutes of fame, to use that analogy. Yeah. And there were probably more misses than hits, actually, in this one. Someone in the group had noted that they they didn't even realize going in that this was for a TNT title shot. 
I, it yeah, wasn't really booked very well. Yeah, someone in our Facebook group mentioned that. It was not booked great. Yeah, I think about, you know, oh, go I, ahead. Sorry, Justin. I was just going to say, I, I enjoyed the match. Uh, it only went 17 minutes, and there definitely was a point where uh, I was like, ooh, they, they, they need to wrap this up. It's feeling like it's going a little long. Yeah. Again, especially early in the show when you've got yeah. two bloodbaths to come, a main event that needs to breathe. What do you think about that big penis ring that they have to grab, by the way? <laughs> definitely not the way i thought of it okay i mean i mean i don't know if it's better or worse than a briefcase but i don't know i gotta grab something is that life-size for you kyle yep <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah that was uh yeah interesting <laughs> okay <laughs> moving on uh, by the way mention the facebook group again if you are not in our facebook group we had this thread going i don't know it was close to 300 comments last night throughout the show talking with us in real time please join it is a lot of fun and i guess i should mention since i didn't at the top of the show everyone needs to subscribe to us wherever you're getting podcasts you need to subscribe to the youtube channel we are streaming live right now on monday morning on youtube and patreon is the best way to support what we do at Top Rope Nation. You're going to see the names going across the bottom of the feed right now. Thank you to each and every one of our amazing patrons for making this show possible. Some and the, we appreciate all of that. Some of the greatest people in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, they truly are. They truly are. So we've got uh, a new Top Rope Nation Classics dropping here within the next couple of weeks. And it's looking like, based on the poll I saw on Patreon, it's going to be WrestleMania three for the 35th anniversary. So that will be a fun one. If you want to hear it, join the Patreon page. <laughs> right. I feel my influence has won twice in the last three months. Should I start pushing? <laughs> yeah, should Kyle I, strongly. Should I, yeah, should I start pushing Spring Stampede 94 for April right now? Or what? <laughs> Kyle was strongly encouraging people to vote for WrestleMania 3. And I think probably people would have wanted that one anyway. It's just such a legendary event. But it's, it, it's easily winning talk the about right that? I, When I was, you know, I joked about it at the top of the show. But a big difference when watching these pay-per-views versus the WWE ones is everyone on – and I bring this up because we people were making this point when we were discussing WrestleMania 3 on Facebook. Everyone on this show feels over, this on Revolution. Sim, like, and that point was made with WrestleMania 3. You cared about everybody on that card. Mm-hmm. You care every, about this card. These WWE cards, you're like, this freaking guy is still drawing a paycheck? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm rooting <laughs> for people, but – I mean, you know, it's like, oh, this guy, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's a, a level of emotional investment in the vast majority of the performers, I think, by the vast majority of the audience. Yeah. TBS Championship. Jade Cargill defending against Ty Conti. Second pay-per-view in a row. Ty Conti has had a championship <laughs> opportunity. Uh, probably the easiest match on the entire show to predict. <laughs> Nobody expected Ty Conti to win this match. I mean, she came out all, you know, face painted up and everything for the match, kind of like she did at, at full gear. You've got Cargill coming out. Now I saw, heard a couple of different things about this. She had this green and yellow costume on. She had her, her hair dyed differently and immediately commentary noted. She looked like she was out of mortal combat, but I'm pretty sure that she was supposed to be dressed up like the Brazil flag. I think she was trying to get into Ty Conti's head. It was exactly like the Brazil flag colorway, uh, even like the diamond shape on it and everything on her knee pads. I think this was, I don't think it was Mortal Kombat that inspired that, but hey, I'll go with it. Mortal Kombat's pretty awesome. 
So I've got I've got to censor most of my notes about her appearance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I wasn't thinking about Rio de Janeiro or you know <laughs> certainly the first the made up intercontinental title tournament when she came out. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm looking at the screenshots now because I couldn't remember. Greg said in the chat, Jade from Mortal Kombat. It does look like Jade from Mortal Kombat, too. So I guess it worked both ways. I'll, I'll tell you what she definitely came out looking like. You know, we can make, you know, allusions to whatever. But she came out looking like a star. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that Absolutely. I think is something that everybody's going to agree on. And you talk about this match, not be, the result not really being in doubt. They worked hard. Mm-hmm. This was the one match that, you know... Going in, you knew couldn't be a match of the year contender, but by God, they tried. I mean, they were, for God's sake, they did a pile driver here. Jade sold a little bit. I wonder if in a couple weeks, couple months, they're going to maybe regret putting Ty in this spot because she seems like she would be a good first natural opponent for this Paige Van Zant. Yes. Based on her martial arts background. Like, I... I you know, I mean, did they, this have to be on there? I get that Jade's a big star. You want her on the show, but I mean, she probably could have squashed someone else. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was odd just from the start because she had just had a title shot at the last pay-per-view yeah. too. And well, you knew she had no chance to win. So it, that's two pay-per-views in a row losing in, in title opportunities. Yeah. Although they did that really bloody tag match with the women that she was involved yeah. in. And then they didn't really build anything off of it. So it's like, well, she did do something in between, which was a big moment, but they... You know, they did that. She bladed on uh, Rampage. And then there was no follow-up, really. And then she gets a shot and loses. So, yeah. You're referring to the match that uh, WWE talked about, right? Yes. <laughs> Her and uh, Anna Blood Jagas. And yeah, yes. Penelope Ford and the Bunny on Rampage. Yes. What a yeah. match that was. So, yeah, they, I mean, they did make you at a couple of times by Ty was going to, you know, because you, you mentioned there in the middle, she had some offense where she had some near falls. But in the end, of course, Cargo bounces back. Uh, she hits Jaded, moves on to 28 and no. So, yeah. yeah we should surprising. mention the kiss at the start of the match. That will, <laughs> is probably the thing that will be most remembered. And again, you know, sometimes we always talk about how you start a match. I don't think people mm-hmm. are going to forget about that. Yeah. All right, boys. Dog collar time. I can I can see the strength rising in Kyle right now as we get to this one. I hope that's strength that's rising, Kyle. He's going to go grab that ring here pretty soon so he can make it through this show. Yeah. Uh, the dog collar match, CM Punk and MJF. Holy shit. What a match. Uh, first of all, the callback. Kyle, I know you were probably losing it at this point when Punk made his entrance. Take us through what happened. Yeah, so he came out to AFI. Uh, you know, and I was shocked by the number of people on my Twitter timeline that called it because it was funny if you go back to when before Punk came into the promotion, what were people saying? They were like, oh, wouldn't it be such great heat if Cult of Personality hit and MJF walked out. Well, that would actually, in retrospect, been really dumb, especially compared <laughs> to what they did. But yeah. they did do it here where it, would, they, it was established they were feuding and it, that worked. But when he did that, people were like, oh, my God, he's going to come out to AFI. And I was like, is he? And then the song freaking hit. And yeah, I lost it because <laughs> that was such a great entrance uh, song that he used in Ring of Honor. 
and he was wearing his Ring of Honor gear. I mean, that's the exact, I, I don't know if it's the exact attire. I'm gathering it's not because it looked very clean and fresh, but mm-hmm. it was how he was dressed for the Raven dog collar match in 2003. And it was a nice callback. I don't think everybody in the building knew. No. It definitely seemed like they were confused people. They weren't singing along as much as you would have hoped, I think, towards the end. Well, there there's certainly people on Twitter who didn't know either. There's a very, uh, quote-unquote, famous guy who runs a webpage who tweeted that it was a modified Terminator theme that he was coming out to, and that oh, tweet got no. deleted pretty quickly. Oh, no. I did not see that. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. Yikes. Now, that was awesome. I mean, they still, in the end, they heard Cult of Personality again after the MJFTs. They heard it at the end. So he went back to it after his victory. But, I mean, let's talk about the match itself. Oh, you just told me who it was in the private chat. My I God. guessed who that, I guessed who that was. Oh, that's bad. That's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the match itself. Would Hulk so- and Andre have come out to a different theme song? <laughs> that's, what that guy, oh. that's what that guy always says. It's like his comparison oh. for everything. Punk bladed really early, and I, I mean, it, to me, it was pretty obvious when he did it, and he he basically stabbed himself. So I believe so. MJF like hit him with the chain one direction, and then Punk moved his head the other direction, and he moved his own hand up, and he like bashed himself in the forehead, and immediately he saw the blood come out. So he basically he didn't like slice; he like stabbed himself with the point. It was crazy, and boy, when you saw how much he bled, you could tell he stabbed himself because this was bloody as hell. And holy shit, the emotion of this match. If, and if people had never seen a dog collar match before, now you see what the big deal is. Whether it's the one against Raven, whether it's you know Piper and, and Valentine way back in the day. Dude, I don't know about you. This, le- this lived up to all of my expectations and then some. Kyle? The clanging of the chain was great. Like It just made a great sound. Mm-hmm. I feel this chain. I don't know if like, it was how they had everything mic'd or if it was just a special chain that made a cool clang, but I thought that really added to the match. How about the eat shit chant that got going after MJF <laughs> grabbed the microphone and asked Punk to tell them, tell the crowd you want to quit. And he said, eat shit. You know, that was and good. The crowd chanted that for several minutes <laughs> back at MJF. Uh, Justin, what stood out to you? Um, Well, not really botches, but, but speaking of how, there seemed to be a lot of close calls on this card. There was that nasty looking uh, ring apron tombstone where MJF's uh, neck looked like it moved a little awkwardly and legit kind of scared me for a minute. And I think maybe even scared them. Uh, but he seemed, I mean, he, he went on to wrestle one hell of a match. So he seemed to be good. Uh, visually, I, I loved the part where uh, Punk did the roundhouse kick after he'd been stepping in tax for a while and tax went flying everywhere, possibly Mm -hmm. into the crowd, but Hey, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but yeah, it looks sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you're referring to with the pile driver on the apron, it it almost looked like he got his head like caught between punk's legs Mm -hmm. too long. And then his body like started to flip, but his head was still between his legs. Very scary. Yeah. Um, Kyle, any thoughts before I go through the finish on everything in between? No, I mean, I, what did you guys think about the crowd heat? Because it seemed because they were they started slow as opposed yes. to a lot of the matches underneath the particularly the triple threat tag and the ladder match. 
So I saw some discussion on Twitter. Oh, is this as heated as we expected? It's and like, I, it's one. Yeah, I was gonna say it's one of those matches where you don't have like the big spots. It's so psychological that you're not going to get the same kind of heat from the crowd. I feel like, you know, we were talking about that here, Justin and I, and how the crowd seemed a little dead at times, but I think they were just emotionally invested in what was happening without needing to like scream out because of the violence and what they were seeing and the way that one of these matches builds up. I think they're with them at the end, but yeah, yeah, I mean, they were fairly quiet towards the middle and the beginning. Maybe it was the song. Maybe they were upset they didn't get called the personality. <laughs> Every, everyone was Googling on their phone. Everyone was Googling. What was that song? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, in the end, they get they get the thumbtacks out like you would, uh, you know, often see in these types of violent matches in AEW and, and WWE. A Terminator song? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a superplex that MJF hit onto the tacks that didn't really connect too well. It was mostly just on the legs and Punk's ass a little bit. Wardlow comes out to the ring, and this is where, no pun intended, we see the turn with the ring, right? So in the end, Wardlow <laughs> takes out the dynamite diamond ring, and he just places it on the ring apron so that CM Punk can go use it. At first, we should mention... MJF yells for Wardlow to come out. Yeah. Wardlow apparently watching on the monitor <laughs> or was told to be watching. He comes out and, you know, very snappily dressed for just winning a ladder match, I feel. And yes. he comes out and he kind of like does that like old best man at a wedding joke <laughs> where find the ring. he yes. starts padding his suit. You go, oh, I can't find the ring you're called for. And MJF's like, what? You have one job and you can't. But you can tell that Wardlow's doing it on purpose. He's not like, acting like a goof he's mm-hmm. in control he's outsmarting the heel this is his turn it was great very facial well expressions the entire time yes yes especially when he found the rings like oh here it is how'd i miss that yes yes <laughs> yeah and that yeah left it it was, it was perfectly and, done yeah and, and when he set that ring down on the apron that, that crowd popped huge and, and you, then you get that camera shot of punk like oh Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is. Yeah. And it was the finish as it should have been. Yes. Yeah. So some people watch this match too violent for him. Too much blood. I mean, Punk was just absolutely covered in blood, just thick all over his face. It was pouring out of his face. Um, I mean, it made it almost made Steve Austin at Mania 13 look tame in comparison. (laughs) This is how much he was bleeding. I mean, this was one of the top. Uh, blade jobs you see. I mean, was this the bloodiest anyone's ever been in an AEW match? Which speaks volumes, considering that they bleed a lot. Yeah, probably. Oh, no, Dustin Rhodes. In the was it the Cody match? The first one. Yeah, yeah first pay per view. Oh yeah, he he, he, was. Was, he was gushing big time. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's again. This is going to definitely be a turnoff for some people, but the match calls for it. And, you know, MJF, he bled too, but not hardly. <laughs> not, not very much in comparison. It was, it was the old sympathy blade job we used yeah. to call it. This industry, it's like, well, you're bleeding really bad, so I'll cut myself too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not as bad as you will, did, but <laughs> yeah, let's so. bleed together. Great, great match. Uh, check I, it out. I like blood. I, I don't know. I, I think 
the people who are turned off by it are probably people who have come up in the generation where WWF just doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I see, well, I understand, we know why WWF doesn't do it because their corporate sponsors don't like it. And we'll see if that, how much trouble that gets AEW in moving forward. But I'm assuming Turner has no problem with it. I, mean, I know this was a pay per view, but my God, there's a lot of blood on the television, weekly television, yeah. on basic cable, so they don't seem to have a problem. And it differentiates it. Mm-hmm. AEW is ECW on steroids. It is a it is ECW with better wrestlers that makes a lot more money than ECW ever did. I don't know how tongue in cheek it was, but uh, Brian Danielson said it himself. One of the reasons he wanted to go to AEW was because he wanted to bleed. That was something Vince said he wasn't going to give him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, great, great interview with uh, Brian over at the Observer over the weekend. Check it out. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to check that out. I'm going to try to listen to it today. Yeah. So, Baker defending against Thunder Rosa. I think we all believe Thunder Rosa is the next champion. It makes sense for her to be the champion. Um, when we looked at the card previewing the show, Justin and I picked this to be a title change because really it was the only match where you thought it was even possible. And, you know, they like to do title changes at their quarterly pay-per-views. Didn't go that way tonight, but we think it's coming, which we'll get to here in just a minute. Uh, Baker debuted a brand new women's title belt, bigger than the previous one. So this is now the third women's title belt that they have had. You'll remember last year at Double or Nothing, Baker, on the night that she won the title, they had debuted a new title. So you had Sheeta walk out with that one for the first time. Baker won it. So here I was wondering, is Baker going to immediately lose the new title just like Sheeta had done last year. Not quite, but maybe in about a week and a half in San Antonio. Um, Thunder Rosa, this match was okay. I didn't feel like it completely clicked, though, throughout. And again, like there was some burnout with the crowd here, especially, you know, following what we just saw with all of that violence and stuff. It was a tough spot to be in. Uh, Justin, let me throw it to you first this time. Your thoughts? Uh, well, actually, I don't I don't have a lot of thoughts on this one. And, and I think I'm going to go to Kyle because I liked what he said in our uh, Facebook thread. Okay. Oh, about like where the match was placed? Yes. In the crowd reaction. Yeah. So, okay. First off, I saw a lot of people in the days leading up to the pay-per-view saying, this wasn't really built up as strong as you'd think for a match where the baby face is going to get her revenge and win the title. Well, we know that why that's the case now. She didn't do it. Uh, And when the... I figured this match was going to go on second to last. You know, I, I think it was Justin Barrasso of SI. He reported when certain matches were going to go in the card. Ryan, I don't know if you saw yeah. that. I know you, mm-hmm. but I think he he mentioned that MJF Punk was fifth, and Mox and Brian were was third to last. So when this hadn't gone, I was like, okay, well they're putting the women's title match. They're putting the two world title matches last. I was a little surprised when they came out right after the dog collar because that's a tough spot to follow. But now you get it. Rosa wasn't going to win because it would have been a bad spot for her to win the title right after mm-hmm. that dog collar match. Yeah. I, I do think if you weren't doing a title change, you probably should have just had her lose after the stomp on the belt. The first one, they shouldn't have kept going after that. Maybe that felt needless, but yeah, I think we all think now she's going to probably win the title in San Antonio. I would do a cage match mm-hmm. to limit the interference. And to be honest, Thunder Rosa winning the title on TV in Texas in what would likely be the main event of the TV show 
is probably a bigger deal than her winning the title in the middle of a four-hour card where you've seen multiple four-star matches already. It'll stand out more. People will be talking about it more the next day. Yeah, main event the show in Texas and a pretty legendary venue that's had a lot of big wrestling cards over the years. Have the women in the main event. They don't do cage matches that often in this pro- promotion. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely stand out a lot more. I agree yeah. with that, too. And I don't know that they're going to do a cage match. I just saw um, our buddy Brian mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter. Quite frankly, I just stole his takes and put it as my He's own. He's been predicting Facebook. this for several days. Yeah. Okay. That, that, now, that, that was, was the first the I'd seen it. And when I yeah. read it, I was like, I like that take. How about yeah. I make it my own? <laughs> Thank you, Brian Zillum. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. It absolutely makes a lot of sense. So well, the story was that there was the constant interference. Yeah. You know, well, you had – yeah, go ahead. Is there too much interference in Britt Baker matches? Yes, I think so. It's okay. it's It was fine early, but like it's it's overdone itself at this point. It's time for the change. They're going to get to the change. And this, I mean, this is how they're going to explain the, uh, the exp- explain why they need to be a cage match. So, but yeah, it was, it was seemed overdone in this match. And, you know, honestly, the way that Rosa kept kicking out of those near falls, like when she got stomped on the belt and she still kicked out, I started to think maybe they still are going to do the title change, you know, or why have that be a near fall? It kind of got you believing, but in the end, she still lost. Same, so. same. When she kicked out, I was like, oh, they are doing a ton. Yeah. Yep. And then they did. Um, Moxley and Danielson. Moving on to this one. Big time looking forward to this match. Uh, they got 20, just north of 21 minutes to do what they were going to do. And another excellent, excellent match. Uh, Justin. Yeah, I. this was really good. It was actually one of those that I really need to go back and rewatch because the crowd was dead or as JR said, stunned at the intensity (laughs) of the match. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it was really good. Uh, It was kind of exactly what it needed to be for the the story. They're seemingly telling, you know, making each other bleed on the same moves, those headbutts on the outside. And of course the big story of the match Regal coming out and who, who didn't love that. I love the the build-up video to this, too, by the way. Heartland Wrestling, that they had all of that, and they're going way back to early on in the careers and stuff. They they always do. WWE does, too. We always talk about that. But they do a pretty good job with these hype videos. And that was cool. And now they're going to be able to do more of that with the Ring of Honor library. So uh, I'm with Justin. Yeah. I'd like to rewatch this one because it felt like this is a match that suffered based on its placement on the card. Mm-hmm. If it had been earlier on the card, people would have been way more into it. I didn't hate the flash pin at the end based on the fact that it allows you to then move forward in the direction they're going where, okay, we really don't know who the better man is, but now the the audience is getting what they want, at least temporarily with them teaming up and William Regal apparently leading the charge. Who had yeah. William Regal wakes wakes up pay per view crowd on their twenty two? <laughs> yeah, they went nuts. Yeah, this was a this was a really good match, but yeah, the crowd was completely out of this point. I think this was maybe where people started talking about Florida. I don't know, you know, this crowd's dead too long, shows way too long. But yeah, I mean, like if you couldn't get hype for Brian Danielson and John Moxley, what's wrong with you? But it was a long show. This was a good match. It's worth the rewatch. I think it, to watch with fresh eyes after watching it in the middle of such a long event. But yeah, when Regal came out, that place came unglued for that. And if we're going to get a stable with William Regal leading Moxley and Danielson as they develop these young guys, that could be some pretty compelling television. For sure. uh, there are some people who thought that this was the best match on the show. 
So that's yeah. really why I want to rewatch it. People who, you know, I really value their takes when it comes to reviewing. Yeah. Uh, and then in the spot before the main event, the Tornado Six Man, which really, I mean, what people are going to be talking about is Sting and Sting only pretty much from this match. But uh, Darby, Sammy Guevara, Sting taking on Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. The big highlight is, is Sting dove off the concourse <laughs> through a table at 62 years old. I turned to my dad and I said, he was watching the show with us. And I was like, dad, Sting is not that much younger than you. Maybe there's still hope. Maybe you could do this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, any thoughts on this one, guys, other than Sting being incredible? Yeah, this one really over delivered for me uh, going into it with, you know, the timing of the pay-per-view and it's like, all right, I hope they get this one done pretty quickly so we can get to the main event. So that has plenty of time. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they, Went under 14 minutes, and they got a lot of stuff in. JR mentioning Jeff Hardy, the uh, that Spanish fly from the Ooh. top of the lights to the table onto the ramp. Jesus. I thought uh. he killed Cassidy. Because, <laughs> like, the, his head hit nuts. the other table, and it didn't. I was like, oh, my God. And the way, like, uh, Aubrey responded, I was like, is he all right? Like I was kind of distracted for a little bit until freaking a 62 year old man did a balcony dive. <laughs> Love how somebody's already set that to do Jack's uh, natural born killer. Mm-hmm. That's, That's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> if this was supposed to be a cool down match before the main event, uh, nobody told these six participants of the match. I was stunned <laughs> at what I was witnessing here. I mean, again, AEW is ECW on steroids, folks. This is like, I mean, these guys, they just did not have a throwaway six-person match where nothing happened. I mean, they just freaking went all over the building, killing each other. Yeah, the, the I, only I, other I was thing, in shock. The only other thing I'd want to point out was, I, what the hell was Matt Hardy doing on that yeah. finish? He was oh, already God. clear across the ring, and then he was starting to roll away from Darby when he went for the coffin drop. I wonder Luckily, if he just barely wrong. caught him. Yeah, Rolled true. the wrong direction. Yep. But uh, yeah, that was the finish. So we got the coffin drop on half of Matt Hardy for the pinfall. Uh, Okay, main event, because I'm running out of time before I have to run my kid to school. So let's get through this. Uh, Adam Cole challenging Adam Page for the AEW world title. It's it's an Adam Cole match, so you figured they're going to get plenty of time. And they did. Uh, 25-45, which... According to Wikipedia, is exactly the time length of the dog collar match. <laughs> Both of them were identical in length. If you go by Wikipedia's match listing and timing, politics pretty, pretty dang close. <laughs> pretty dang close. Um, of course, you know, in the end, a lot of interference. Did you think the interference was overdone in this one, Kyle? No, I, I mean they. Based on what we had on the undercard, you had to do something. They couldn't do a straight wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the way Tony Khan books, he's not going to do that anyway. Yeah. So if you're looking at this versus the dog collar match, which match did you prefer? Because these are the two biggest matches on the show. Both of you guys. Justin. Ooh, man. I, it's I about the same, but for different reasons, just because they were two different kind of matches. Uh you know, the dog collar match was a little bit more of a you know, 1980s, uh, you know, Southeast Florida championship, you know, bloody feud. While this was more of a, 
AEW version of a good takeover main event. Fair. Yeah. Kyle? I would say the dog collar, but it's almost not fair because I just cared way more about that going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's true. So important true. for me that like my level of interest coming into a match plays such a role. Yeah. I mean, some crazy spots throughout. <clears throat> we had the uh, Panama Sunrise on the floor. I don't like page. the Panama Sunrise, I've decided. <sighs> what do it's you guys okay, think? But... The physics are a little weird. I It's yeah. okay. Yeah, lots of super kicks. Lots of uh, thigh slapping throughout the film. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the one where he caught Paige on the moonsault was awesome. Ooh, oh, yes. That we were, we, ju- like, we practically jumped to our feet when that spot happened. That was incredible. Yeah, the way that he took that. Uh, you know, you, you got Red Dragon out there for so long interfering, and finally the Dark Order came in to ringside. We're like, where the hell have these guys been throughout all this? But they finally came out, chased off Red Dragon in the end, and then Paige was able to win by the Buckshot Lariat. Um, he had to do two of them, though. The first one, Cole barely got his fingertips on the ropes. So he hit a I second one. You could one. tell that was going to be a near, he was going to do yeah, something Yeah, he like even that. like looked over at the ropes when he got covered. You know, you could tell, he was, am I close enough to reach? And he just barely got his fingertips on. So in the end, we get another one. He wins by the Buckshot. So it was a solid match. Yeah. Did anybody else notice uh, when he tied Cole to the to the ropes and was just kicking the crap out of him? The crowd started booing, and when he pulled yes. his knee pad down, they were starting to boo even more. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a bad spot. The baby. Yeah. Thing, I, I know it was a callback to what happened on Dynamite, but they shouldn't have done that. It's a heel move. Yeah, yeah. What like you should let heels do heel moves, and baby faces get revenge the honorable way, not by doing what the heel did. My take only. Lots of convincing near falls throughout this one. We were texting uh, during this match, and one of you, I think it was, might have been Kyle, maybe it was Justin, said, like, oh, I'm getting scared for Paige here. I mean, it was, <laughs> you were buying, I mean, we were buying that maybe yeah. they do a title change because they haven't done a title change on the show, and they had us buying in. It was, when, when they have us buying in, you know it is an excellent match. I mean, it was a really, really solid, good main event. No title change, but, uh, I mean, everything on the show Easily worth the $50. If you didn't see it, I would recommend ordering the replay and watching it immediately. But yeah, a fun main event. The crowd bought in. They did get dead throughout the middle. But by the main event, they were there hook, line, and sinker, just like they were at the beginning. And, you know, I don't think it was just the crowd that was getting a little tired and grumpy there for a while. Because, you know, kind of my mutant power has not really been able to recognize the commentary team. but. Boy, JR was on something on this. Why, like <laughs> Hangman was. coming out, he was like, Hey, is that a new championship belt? And then he, he like kind of aggressively uh asked Excalibur to explain the difference between a Liger yes. bomb and a power bomb. Yeah. And, and uh, credit to Excalibur who just calmly that explained the difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did JR uh, man, his his pay-per-view calls have been bad. Hit very hit or miss. Yeah, very hit or miss. God, he just seems ornery. Um, I was going to do a very hard right turn, Ryan. I know you have to make a, a hard right turn yourself to get out of here. I was going to just do something, say something completely unrelated to AEW. Actually, this is going to be out before Raw, correct? Yes. This yes. Podcast. Go ahead. Is, is that a, should yeah, I do this now? Oh, I just want to jam it in before. Um, yep. A lot of talk with, and I'm going to do a, a show for Top Rope Nation extra talking about the WWE news in a little bit. There's been a lot of talk about changes to that card. 
Uh, I would say tonight on Raw, if RK-Bro does not win the tag team titles back in the main event, then there ha- that's a sign that there have been some real changes to the card. But if they do win the titles back tonight, which was the plan all along, I would say it's a lot more smoke than fire on some of the reports you're hearing over the mm. weekend. Uh, I would say, I would say that yeah, a lot of stuff might be over. If if RK Bro comes out of Raw tonight with the tag belts, I think that there haven't been as many changes as maybe you're being led to believe. Okay, there you go. A little inside baseball for you as we set you off on your. Mondays, everybody. This damn snow, man. I could have gone another thirty <laughs> minutes on this show. Sorry if this was rushed, everyone listening. But we got we hit the whole card in an hour, so hopefully it was enjoyable. I got to get my kid to school. It's great to talk to you guys as always, and I'll be going to work myself here in a couple of hours, as you guys will as well. So, hey, stay tuned to Top Rope Nation. Subscribe wherever your where podcasts are found. The YouTube channel. Check out the Facebook group, and if you want that bonus content, patreon.com slash Nation. link in the broadcast description. Guys, have a great week. We'll catch you all real soon. Take care. Hugs and kisses. kisses.